Good evening and welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre for No Pressure to Be Funny, created by Alistair Barry and Nick Revel and podcasting on the British Comedy Guide. But now, it's time to welcome a man so practised in the art of public debate that he may soon be asked to be the new Dean of St Paul's Cathedral, Mr James O'Brien. Thank you very much. Good evening and welcome once again to No Pressure to Be Funny. Last week we had Halloween. This year it seemed to go on forever. Gangs of feral children roaming the streets, intimidating strangers and demanding free goods. What had been frowned upon in August is being openly encouraged <laughs> in late October. Because there's a pumpkin outside the door. Not since nylon stockings, chewing gum and extraordinary rendition have we embraced an American import quite so wholeheartedly. In royal news, the law of primogeniture has been changed to allow women to take precedence over younger male siblings. So Princess Anne and her family move up, Prince Andrew, etc., move down. But is it really modernisation, or just a ploy to put Eugenie and Beatrice so far away from the throne that they'd need all their dad's air miles to get anywhere back near it again? Very alarmingly. It was revealed this week that the Prince of Wales has a veto on any legislation that affects his private interests, which apparently includes the London Olympics somehow. A quick reminder, the year is 2011. This show is being recorded on a computer for a podcast. It is over 40 years since man landed on the moon and 350 since we became a constitutional monarchy. But the heir to the British throne can still change laws if he feels like it. Personally, I'm outraged. And from now on, I am boycotting Dutchie Originals. <laughs> Although I guess I'll have to run that past Prince Charles first. And in our final royal bulletin, it appears that Pippa Middleton is set to write a book telling us all how to organise the perfect party. One, get your sister to marry the heir to the throne. Two, have someone else foot the bill. Three, buy a goodie bag from her parents. She doesn't really need to write anything. If the wedding's anything to go by, most people will just stare longingly at the back cover. <laughs> Thank you very much. Our first panellist this evening, a comedian and actress who has appeared alongside Ricky Gervais in the office and has recently been robbed. No, I'm sorry, she's recently become runner-up in ITV's Show Me the Funny. Please welcome Tiffany Stevenson. Our next guest is a comedian and political activist, and dare I say, something of a hero of mine, who once insured Nicholas Soames paid a huge inheritance tax bill through a combination of phone calls and dressing up. Now, it's not that unusual to make money from a Tory MP through a combination of phone calls <laughs> and dressing up, but we are nevertheless very glad he's here. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Thomas. Hello. Our third guest is a comedian who once said, you can be really middle class, but if you have a Welsh accent, then people just assume that you bathe in front of the fire and have your back scrubbed by your wife after a 12-hour shift at the coalface. Please welcome, fresh from the coalface, Ellis James. Yay. And 
our final panellist this evening is the keenest comic mind working anywhere in the world today. A cordon bleu chef, Nobel laureate and astonishingly gifted lover, who in his spare time <laughs> writes the guest introductions for No Pressure to be Funny. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Alistair Barry. As regulars will know, the panel begins with a section of the show which we call The Devil's Advocate. This is where one of our guests takes a slightly contrary position on one of the stories of the moment. For your delectation this evening, Alistair will be proposing the motion, The Devil's Advocate believes that Kim Kardashian <laughs> is a good idea. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely true, James. Uh, I didn't realise this until I found out I was doing this section of the show half an hour ago, but I remain absolutely committed to the idea that Kim uh, is, is a good idea and a good thing. There are literally thousands of things to say about this woman. Let's start with her rise to fame, which did come in uh, 2007 with a sex tape. Now, I don't know about you, some naysayers might say that if you come to prominence through a sex tape, then you're not really famous for anything apart from the sex tape, and that would make you a porn star. Which, see, I just want to list a few of the places that she's created work for others. She is the face model for Bongo Jeans. She uh, is the... Sh <laughs> I'm not quite sure how that works either. She is... Uh, she's Balenciaga Shoes... Uh, Balenciaga, sorry. Uh, she also works for Shoe Dazzle. There's quite a heavy shoe emphasis in some of her, her, her areas, but she... Uh, she has also released a videotape, uh, an exercise tape, Fill In Your Jeans by Friday. Uh, the Vava Va Vanilla Cupcakes, I know we all adore. Uh, her jewellery collection, Virgin Saints and Angels, K-Dash, Babe and Sears clothing lines. The list goes on to Kardashian, Glamatan, and, uh, and the fact that Madame Tussauds have recently created a waxwork of her that is apparently slightly more lifelike than she is in real life. <laughs> she recently called for the recognition of the Armenian genocide on Twitter just shows that she's really grasping the nettle of the modern world. And I think we can say, therefore, that the devil's advocate clearly believes Kim Kardashian is a good idea. <laughs> I, I feel I should apologise. Um, not on Alistair's behalf. Far from Sorry, it. Is it no, no, I, I, I should apologise for getting you, luring you here under what may at this stage appear to be false pretenses. And this applies as much to the panel as it does to the audience, because this is a... <laughs> a show which prides itself on sort of tackling the really thorny political and social issues of the moment. And it's my fault entirely that we've dived straight into the shallow end this evening. But I, I'm intrigued by several things. First of all, who she is, which Alistair has possibly edged us ever so slightly closer towards mm -hmm. understanding. Secondly, not so much why she's so famous, but why she's famous here. This is at risk of sounding pompous, where the area of inquiry comes alive, because I can kind of understand why we fate our homegrown uh, pointless celebrities, because they're ours, and they're here, but she's neither, and I don't get it, I really don't get it. Tiffany, can you help? Uh, yeah, there's a thing called cable, uh, which... <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> they haven't got that in the LBC studio. It just works in radio. <laughs> um, what, is, what is the cable? <laughs> moving pictures of which you speak. It'll never catch on. <laughs> there should actually be a piano player playing now. <laughs> at this moment. Um, I think, I think there's, there's a few things. Um, I, I will admit to liking to take part in a bit of these sort of salacious 
reality programs because I carry in my bag at all times pretty much a copy of uh, Voltaire and Heat magazine <laughs> because I want to know about the best of all possible worlds but also about people's armpit fat. <laughs> um, and so I guess with reality stars you have the option to um, switch them on or off and they're not funded by us in the same way that the royal family are. And we watch all their trials and tribulations and whether it's to, <laughs> to hold a mirror up to... Um, James is so, really not. She's going, cable so costs have, money. You could have, have like a, a, a sort of a public sector pointless celebrity. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like really inefficient. <laughs> and there are lots of reality television shows and this one has captured the imagination of the British public in a way that Kerry Katoma can only dream of. Can so I just ask if it has that? No, no, seriously, has it? Yes. I, seriously, because yeah. I, I didn't know, because I feel a bit like a sort of British High Court judge. I didn't know who she was <laughs> yeah, until yeah. this morning. Yeah. I, I didn't either, and I got given it. I'm very glad we brought Mark Thomas on to talk about Kim yeah. Kardashian and find out that he doesn't know who the fuck she is, because um, <laughs> I, I just knew the name. I'd heard of At Home with the Kardashians, yes. and I, I had no... And now that I've read... The pages of her Wikipedia entrance, <laughs> I still feel she's utterly pointless and fatuous, but she is actually, joking aside, a one-woman industry. But and I, I don't know if she has affected... I mean, who here really knew who she was by a show of hands? Well done, madam. Yeah, these, these are your people, James. You can only <laughs> <laughs> see the front row. That's fantastic. <laughs> Everyone from row B back had their hand in there, right? <laughs> About like, eight people no, in the room. All right, what, I'll explain. Here? <laughs> 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 but my, had their hands up. My interest stemmed from the fact that it was trending on Twitter. Do, do I need to translate that for anyone? It was trending. <laughs> it was trending on Twitter in London on Monday. And that suggests that it was among them. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you can get, you know, what else was trending on Monday? Uh, things to stroke your boyfriend, hashtag. You know, yeah. words to split up with. That was when you, know, you started, wasn't I it? I did start that. <laughs> I did. That was my fault. More Mark yeah. Thomas in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it... it the whole thing of this, uh, of the, I mean, the one thing you've mentioned which is interesting is actually, <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I mean, and I, say this, I, I, I say this... So many! <laughs> I say this with the greatest of respect. Obviously. Uh, because, I mean... <laughs> Why the why the fuck do we care about this woman? Why yes. does she appear in yeah. the papers? Because the people who own the papers also own the cable stations. Yeah, yeah. Would be a suggestion. The interesting thing was the Armenian genocide. Yeah. Mm. Ah. The Armenian but genocide. Kardashian, because the Ar she, no, she's third generation, and it. Does, I mean, when you read through it, it sticks out like a beacon that she suddenly says. Um, you know, the, the, the Armenian genocide should be recognised, which I mean, actually, it, it should be. Yes. And it was. I mean, I, I said it, she should. Maybe Twitter's not the medium to address... 140 characters is, is, is not really enough to address something The, the important thing is, it, with the Armenian genocide, I mean, you actually have a situation where, in Turkey, it is illegal to admit it happened. If you advocate that the Armenian genocide occurred, where 1.25 million people were killed yeah. by Turks and Kurds in 1917 or thereabouts... 15, uh, you actually can be jailed. Yeah. The writer, Orhan Pamuk, was actually faced jail for suggesting that the Armenian genocide occurred. Now, this is absolutely nuts when you've got... Um, this is the one... This, is, this is the incredible moment. You've got one country that actually wants to be in Europe, yeah. namely Turkey, 
right? And, and the one time that we've got to actually exert some, some pressure on human rights issues is over issues like this and the right mm. to freedom of speech. So that's, quite, that's the interesting thing about what she's done. Why not yeah. Twitter? I mean, when the uprisings were happening, uh, Twitter was a massive, you know, I don't, I don't Gaddafi trended harder than oh, Justin no, Bieber, sure. you know, and that, <laughs> but this how... Yeah, that's yeah. Not, yeah. But to be fair, really, to be fair... really weird. Gaddafi <laughs> trended harder than Justin Bieber. No, but seriously, if you were killing Justin Bieber, he'd be up there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, that, that is true. Ellis, uh, you, you're young and fashionable. Has Kim Kardashian impacted upon your world? No, not not in the slightest. Not, not <laughs> at all. Nick, Nick left me. Nick left me an answerful message yes. yesterday saying, "Hi, Ellis. Nick, <laughs> would you be willing to, to do the devil's advocate thing and defend Kim Kardashian?" And my first thought was, "I've never heard of him." <laughs> and then, and then, because I knew that Mark was on the show, I genuinely assumed he was some sort of right-wing philosopher. I thought he was like a sort of, I thought he was like a Hayek or a free burner. I thought he was—he's probably some fucking monetarist. Uh, I thought that's gonna be really hard for me. So then I was thinking, shit. I mean, oh. Can I do a Keith Joseph gag? And like, then I Wikipedia'd him, and it was, a, when it, and it was a vat. Isn't the best thing here just to walk away? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I say this with all with all honesty because actually, when you say why, why are we interested, in it? We, we talk when we talk about her, we increase her stock value every time we talk about her, and it works in the same way as internet hits. Remember, like the Daily Mail does a little, they do a, a poll, right, mm. a daily poll, and sometimes I get little sort of tweets and, and and emails that go, "Have you seen the Daily Mail are doing a poll on should gypsies be given free money?" <laughs> right, and of course, and you sort of go there and you look and you suddenly see. Actually, 53% say yes. <laughs> right, and obviously a little message has gone around the internet yeah. and the sort of tweet community, and they've gone, quick, get in there, go in there. Yes. And they go, yeah, 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 now the Daily Mail says gypsies should be given free money. And we think, oh, how funny, this is great. And actually what we've done is just increase their hit rate, which yeah. means their advertising yeah. revenue actually goes through yeah. the roof. Their ability to raise money goes through the roof because we paid it attention. And the same thing applies to this. We should just walk away from her. That's absolutely right. Come in. Absolutely right. Coming back to what Tiff was saying, though, um, I've recently started watching X Factor with my girlfriend uh, uh, on romance the, uh, nights. Okay. <laughs> 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 because because we're, 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 we're both comics, we don't, we don't see each other in the night very much. So one, the, one of the things, we, we have a cottage pie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, and then, uh, and then we, because I've, I've always hated those things, and I've, I've never seen the appeal of them. But they are so ubiquitous, and so many people talk about them. I mm. thought I probably should, just be, just to see what everyone else is talking about, and I can see its appeal. But they're not they're not designed for people. I mean, I think the the slightly depressing thing is that now, Jarvis Cocker made a very good point that um, fame is it's like the new sort of religion. It's like the new heaven being famous because no one's you know religious anymore, mm. and I you know. When I was a kid, I didn't want to be famous. I wanted to be good at something. And I know this point has been made by lots of people, but I, like, I had favourite musicians and just learned to play the guitar. I didn't want to be famous like they were. I wanted to be as good at them, as good as them at something. And yet there's now a breed of people mm. who seemingly just exist. Well, I, I don't know how it works. It is it upsetting. I think it's a, a quite... Um, 
Here's the thing. One thing is a bit of mindless entertainment to dip into something to, as a bit of escapism. That's one thing, right? Because you can say it's an extension of soaps to watch a reality TV show. Yeah. The next level comes, and it's often working class families, and as a working class girl, I find this quite upsetting, is when you see parents going, Jordan, she's a genius. She's someone that you should look up to. Be inspired by, she's a genius. I've had that sentence, she's a genius, Tiffany. She's a millionaire. How is she not a genius? Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of reasons. Um, and also, she didn't plan for her career to go that way. She didn't sit down and have a five-year plan. She wasn't Stalin. She, she you know, she, uh, she, well. she, um, she, she went to the papers. Although I think that she has left <laughs> nearly as many corpses in her way. There are parallels, I think, to be drawn. But, but she, and also, and she's, and she's a lot shorter than you'd think. She's tiny. Um. <laughs> she is, she is, and her hair falls out. I don't, I don't know whether the lawyers and She's got a moustache. No, that's not true, you see. Oh, that's right, satire. Right, right. Her, hair, her hair really does fall out, because it's been, it, it was all over my but studio. But what happens with that, what happens with that oh, is, when you say, it's the same thing as people, it's, it's just a stupid fucking way people do it. You know, we, we saw it during the election when Cameron would go, I met a black person and he told me he was very, whatever it was. Mm. And it's Calm just, down, dear. Yeah, it was all of, you know, it was all of that stuff that he was going off about. And because one person's heard one story, it then becomes empirical fact. Yes. It then becomes, takes the place of all statistics. So somebody says, she's made money, therefore any working class person can make money by not going to school yeah. and going to, 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 you know, whatever, have your feet eaten by fish or whatever the fuck goes on. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of a word for beauty and beautician, but all I could think of were those fish tanks with people in. Fair enough, they make as much sense. Them feet munching so, monsters. The, 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 I just want to say, the, the idolisation of these people, yes. though, it, what it does is it says you can make it on your own, you can go off and you don't need support, you don't need, and actually people do need support and actually people do need education and they do need yeah. Yeah. and they do yeah. need school and they yeah. do need yeah. things like that yeah. and actually this whole idea that you can go off and just be a rock star or a footballer and that will get working class people out of poverty <coughs> is bollocks because what gets people out of poverty is yeah. actual education yes. yeah. uh, oddly I feel we could continue with this uh, uh, originally unfertile looking line of conversation but I, I, <laughs> I think we can all take away from it some pride in the fact that we managed not only to, to, to cover the possibly predictable lines of conversation inspired by, I would remind you, Kim Kardashian, <laughs> but, but we brought uh, some fairly informative and, uh, well, passionate commentary on the Armenian genocide into the discussion <laughs> as well. So if you told me at 10 to 8 this evening that the Kim Kardashian discussion would lead us into a contemplation of Armenian genocide and Turkey's right to enter into the European Union, I probably wouldn't have believed you. On Sunday, Chris Gibson-Smith, chairman of the Stock Exchange, said in response to the occupation surrounding St Paul's that protesters should actually be targeting not the banks, but the governments for not regulating financial institutions in the past. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Revel. Today's lesson comes from the epistle of St Paul to the stockbrokers. Mm -hmm. And it came to pass that a multitude did gather by the mansions of the money changers, also called the pinstripes, across countries of the earth, calling themselves the 99%. And they said unto the money changers, We've had enough, for thy greed is unconfined, like unto the lust of the handmaidens of Sodom on a hen night, having it large on Bacardi and Rahipnol <laughs> slammers. And the chairman of the money changers went amongst them and said unto them, Wherefore art thou angry and gettest with us like the camel with his hump. The fault of our greed lieth not with us, it's social conditioning. You've all read Marx. 
Blame instead the governments, from Cameron and Brown, even unto Walpole, for we begged them to tax us responsibly. Even on our knees we begged them, but were not heard like that big issue seller outside Goldman Sachs. <laughs> Honest, we tried so hard. And the chairman said to them, nay, nay, straight up. And the people were amazed at this, as like the people of Gob were smacked when smack and the smackites fell upon them. And they said unto the chairman of the 1%, Verily, not since the Hittites ransacked the latrines of Og the Giant and his giant people of Bashan and dipped their pitchers into the overflowing urinals of those giants hath anyone ever taken so much piss. <laughs> and the chairman said, Nay, again, straight up, like the trajectory of the Lord when he ascended into heaven, straight up, I say, or like the proper way to serve a martini, straight up, say I again. And the people said, Right then, if thou art serious, adopt to the tax of Tobin, where 0.05% of all thy transactions shall go to help the poor of the earth. And the chairman said, 0.05%? We try and meet you halfway, and thou spittest in our faces. And then, like the shoes of Potiphar's wife when she tempted Joseph to lie with her, was it all about to kick off? When lo, there was a bright light in the northern sky, and the multitudes were sore afraid. And as the light grew bigger, did they see coming from the north Jesus Christ descending again to earth from the heavens in all his glory saying sorry I'm late person under a train at Old Street <laughs> and he did walk amongst the multitude and touch the chairman and all his pinstripes and said unto them check now out thy genitals and they did so and found that all were now of the girth and length of a young cedar sapling tree in the spring and yet flexible in the middle like the willow in the storms of winter <laughs> And the pinstripes were well happy, gloating. And Jesus said unto them, Well happy thou art indeed. And now with thy extended and bendy genitalia, thou canst all go forth and fuck thyselves. <laughs> now and forever, until the end of time. Which incidentally is next Thursday. <laughs> two more things that I have to say to you, and two things only. Needle's eye and camel. So verily, go fuck thyselves while the going goeth good. Then, having fucked thyselves, go fuck thyselves again. And when the 99% heard this, there was great rejoicing in all the lands of the earth. Thank you. The, uh, the Reverend Nick Revel there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Many thanks. Who, who returns us inevitably to territory that has already been explored somewhat in this series of No Pressure to Be Funny, but which, well, which changes almost underfoot as each week passes. The, the, the church, most obviously this week, have, have changed their stance, having looked like they were going to at least endorse or, or, or effect the eviction of the protesters in Paternoster Square. Not only uh, has that decision being revoked, they've categorically said they are not going to endorse or support that idea. They're not going to do it. But now the Archbishop of Canterbury has, has finally uh, broken his silence and come out in favor of the protesters loosely and of the Tobin tax quite, or the Robin Hood tax quite firmly. Uh, Ellis, this is, sounds like a silly question, but I hope that it isn't. What do you think is going on outside <laughs> St. Paul's? Oh. Sorry, <laughs> um, but it had to be asked. I, um, I've had to sort of reevaluate what I think of the protesters outside St Paul's because I was coming at it from quite an old-fashioned lefty perspective 
where I, I had a look at their manifesto on um, on their website, and it's so vague and woolly. I remember thinking, the bleach artist had a bloody manifesto, and I already knew what that was. Because yeah. I'm someone who, if if I'm if I'm going on a long journey, I, I want to know which services we're going to stop at so I can have a piss. I'm just someone <laughs> who sort of, I'm someone who need I need guidelines, James. A destination. And then, yeah, and then I then I then I read more about them, and I think this isn't a lot of them apparently didn't know what trade unions were and what trade unions did. And this isn't a movement of the old left. This is something new. And it is vague, but I think it's going to be vague because it's, it's the genesis of it. Um, what was really weird, though, was when, when the church came out and said, actually, we're not going to take them to court, suddenly they, suddenly they started looking like sort of hip priests. Mm. <laughs> and a sort of, yeah, man, I'm just going to go down and chat to some guys who are in sleeping bags. <laughs> yeah, it all got a bit... It all got a bit cool vicar for me. Some guy in the, in the Sunday papers going, yeah, a lot of my clergy are heading down there and just kind of like, you know, yeah. free, hanging, freestyling. Yeah, they're just, sort of, they're just cool cats on the way down from Leicestershire to sort of chat to the guys. And, uh, and it's weird. So I, you know, I think I used, I used to be a member of the Socialist Worker Party. And I remember thinking when I was a, when I was a student, I remember thinking when I was in a meeting in a pub in Cattays and there was four of us, I remember thinking, it's unlikely, but <laughs> if, we, if we do instigate global revolution, <laughs> I remember thinking, at least I know what we're going to get. We're going to get sort of, you know, nationalised industries, a lot of uh, municipal buildings named after Tony Benn. I remember thinking, I know this and I don't know what they want. I don't think they do yet, but that doesn't stop it being exciting. What is quite exciting is it's mainly young people and not old bearded lefties who remember the sort of Suez. Mm. Um, and so, like, and so to, you, you, it's wrong, in other words, to, to sort of apply the standards or the values or the judgments of, of the old political dialogue yeah. because it feels like we might be in the foothills of a new one. Yes, I think it is new. And I think my suspicion, this is the more Stuart McCorney point I'll make tonight, is I think that the impact of it will probably be um, cultural rather than political. I think it will probably create lots of musicians and artists and writers who like like punk did and that sort of bled into comedy and that it sort of it made people think actually selling out is quite shit and I'm not going to do that I think it will inspire young creative people more so than bring down the banks I used to like the Socialist Worker Party not because I, I liked um, you know the, the, what they actually did but they were like an indicator species yes. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what I mean if there were lots of people selling papers you, then you went, oh, well, everything's all right. And actually, slowly, as I went, you keep going to demonstrations, you see them sort of drop off, and it's like, you feel like the David Attenborough of politics. Come well, where are they? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We should, we should yeah. get out and save them. But, I mean, there was a stage, though, I think, when the biggest growing political party in Britain was ex-members of the SW. <laughs> <laughs> You've probably attended more demonstrations and protests than the average fellow, Mark. It, 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 it's the same question, really, and... and I, free to provide a similar answer. What, what do you think is going on right now in Paternoster Square specifically? I think it's very much a, a, a reaction that actually we've seen this incredible meltdown, this age of austerity being brought in, and actually no one's come up with any decent solutions. Yeah. No one's coming up, the, they just said there's more austerity. And actually people are looking out and going, you know, we're seeing countries slide off the map. Yes. You know, we're looking at Greece going, no, that's halfway down the plug hole. They're going to board it up. <laughs> <laughs> and while they're on the way down, they want to ask themselves if they're going to take the measures that are going to get them out of it as well, which is kind of 
I mean, it's the, the package this week that when he just suddenly went, uh, is it uh, Papandreou just suddenly went, um, yeah, actually, we're going to do a referendum. And you should Sarkozy and Merkel just went, you fucking what? <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, with all of this... And sorry, this is going back to the point I, that you're I, making I, about... My brain is moving can, very can I just, can I just say, going, yes. the, the, the thing that Nick was saying about, uh, that, which was brilliant, by the way, um, that, that whole thing where the, the, the bankers turned around and said it's the government's fault. Yes. They should have regulated us. It's not our fault. You know we're cunts. <laughs> <laughs> Please welcome Dave Cohen. Summer, you were been and now you're gone, and I don't know if I can go on. Oh, Summer, already missing your folksy style of Islamo fascism delivered with a smile. <laughs> oh, well, Obama looked calmer than the Dalai Lama as he told of the unfolding of Osama's Hammer drama. <laughs> It's a Hollywood ending without any equal. Gaddafi's death was a disappointing sequel. <laughs> oh, Sama. More hated than Jeffrey Dahmer. Tony Martin, the Norfolk farmer. Less popular than Jeffrey Palmer. Maybe now a Batabad will be visited by Judith Charmer. <laughs> Osama. UNESCO recognised Palestine this week and Israel got really upset. Israel doesn't like Palestine being in UNESCO. It cut off funds and accelerated illegal building. I don't like Israel being in the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> but I don't bomb Tel Aviv. I, I feel we should provide a little political balance before we go, so I, I would draw your attention to just how far out of his depth George Osborne is at the moment. It appears that he doesn't even have control of his own metaphors. This is what he said on Tuesday. <laughs> of course the British economy has got this difficult journey. It is a journey made more difficult by the kinds of things you see, for example, today in the markets because of the situation in the Eurozone. But we are determined to finish this journey. <laughs> well, thanks, George. <laughs> Not since the poetry of Donald Rumsfeld have we seen such elevated work. Now. And uh, in another massively forward-thinking move, David Cameron has suggested the return of the Empire Medal for voluntary work. Uh, the Empire Medal had been phased out for what we would have thought were fairly obvious reasons. It, it, it rather prompts the question what we will be bringing back next. Uh, polio, perhaps, or uh, maybe child chimney sweeps. Uh, apparently it's part of desperate efforts to restart this big society initiative. This dead horse has been flogged so many times that even the jockeys have now given up. But in the light of the cuts, I think we can define the big society once and for all in this handy motto for employers across the land. Here's your P45. <laughs> Now, how about some voluntary work? <laughs> and what do you get if you take them up on the offer? A bloody medal. Isn't that big of them? Thank you very much. I'm James O'Brien, and good night.